new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Hey guys, good morning and welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast Live, episode number 11. We're so glad to be back here with you guys. How are things? Things are good. Things really are good. good. How's the baby? Well, I haven't asked about the baby in the last couple of episodes. He's growing, he's doubles his birth weight. That happens quickly, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, nine weeks, he's doubles his birth weight. They give them five months to double their birth weight. Yeah, Isn't that insane? I'm pretty glad that does not happen to us as adults. Uh, <laughs> that, would not be, uh, that would not be a good thing, so... Man, so glad to be here with you guys today, and we are talking about a little bit of something that you tackled a few episodes ago on The Strangest Secret. Yep. I'd mentioned that I'd heard about that book for quite a while, Earl Nightingale, and... Uh, you finally dived deep into it? Finally did. I, you know, uh, actually, over the Christmas holidays, I had a chance to do that, and I was so mm. glad that I did, because even though that advice is extremely practical, it's just not something that we think about yeah. all the time. So what I wanted to do, if it's good with you, Jordan, is just start off giving us a quick recap. I know that actually both of us have hit on it a little bit. I mm-hmm. talked about the five traits of mentally healthy people. We'll cover that maybe in a little bit today. But then you talked about a couple of things during one of our sessions. Give us just a quick recap of what you think the strangest secret, kind of the main point of that book is, and then we'll dive deep in the notes. Yeah. The main point is, is sort of you reap what you sow in your mind, right? So if you believe that you'll be successful and if, if you set your goals in front of your face at, at all times, as long as you don't have a hundred other goals that are conflicting with this one thing that you say you really want, if that's the focus, it, it is achievable, you know? And I think the big rub is if you say you want to be a professional athlete, but you, you have 15 other goals that keep you from working out all day long, probably not going to become a professional athlete. Yeah. You talked about Dak you know? Prescott. Exactly. Might be too soon. <laughs> we, <laughs> I feel like someone's watching me. We're going to have to put the DAC poster up soon after I get over my Cowboys hangover. I just found out yesterday that I'm getting to do, uh, here next month, I'm getting to do a full tour of AT&T Stadium, like full locker room tour, no everything. Way. Yeah, I got an email on that, so that'll be really cool. Maybe I'll run Who's into... Who's hooking that up? Jerry Jones. Uh, just a leadership Jerry Jones group. is hooking it up? Yeah, Jerry Jones. <laughs> my man. Yeah, uh, it's a leadership group that I'm part of, and I got an email saying, hey, we're setting this up. Would you be interested? And I'm like, uh, yes, I would. Heck yes. Yes, I would. A lot of people are flying in from different places for this leadership meeting, and I just Dang, have to roll right so down cool. the road. So I think whenever I sipped my butter coffee a second ago as you were talking, it picked up in the mic, so we might as well oh. get a good one there. Man, I won't be hungry for days on that much butter. I think I put three tablespoons in there this morning. How can you afford all that butter? <sighs> I'm going to be ready to rock and roll. Okay, so guys, the strangest secret I love. I pulled some quotes from this today in our notes as well. And though I don't just like reading quotes a lot of times, I do like the ones that I pulled and I think they're valuable. But basically in the book, it talks a lot about thinking, which I love. My big deal, and this just kind of shows how fickle I am as well. My big deal in 2015, 2016, somewhere between those two years, I just set my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit in silence for an hour every Friday at the end of the day. I'm just going to block it off on my calendar. And I think I did it once, and it was pretty awesome. Did you really sit in silence? Like you turned your phone off? I did. You I was, com- off. yeah, I was completely insane. And I had earplugs in too. Really? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of research out there, guys, that talk about whenever you're you're in deep think time, which most of us don't do. I had for you guys that heard my podcast episode with Lee Cockrell this week, executive, uh, former vice president, executive of Disney. 
he said there's not enough thinking going on. People need to sit and think and plan out. And he was pretty adamant about it. And I totally agree. But I did it one time and I never revisited it again, even though I thought it was awesome. Wow. So why are we like that? I mean, why like even people like us that want to take action on things, we're just fickle, I would say. But Earl Nightingale talks a lot about thinking. He talks a lot about having goals. He talks a lot about having a great attitude. And I mean, those things are just, you know, you can't beat any of those things, right? All central truths. I was looking for a book that I thought maybe I'd have you grab, but I don't see it. The Power of Attitude, you guys may have seen, if you follow me on social media, you may have seen me picking that up at the airport the other day, and I can't even think for the life of me who the author is. It's sitting here somewhere. It's a blue book. But The Power of Attitude, I would say you guys all need to have that on your list. It's a blue cover with yellow writing. So sorry, I can't find it right now. But The Power of Attitude, and and a couple of years ago, I would have thought that stuff was pretty like silly or like, Mm -hmm. I've got a great attitude. Truthfully, I don't. Most of the time, if we just, if we leave it up to ourselves, there's just too much at risk and too much at stake, too much stress for us to wing it. Yeah. He even talks about, he talks about a a ship, you know, a ship without a captain. Mm -hmm. If we just let ourselves, you know, you fire up the engines on a big old, you know, ship and just let it loose. You think it's going to get to where, you you think it's going to get to where it wants to be. And though that's, self-evident and though we can say like oh yeah of course a ship won't get to where it's going to go same idea here we are teleological beings we are shooting for the target every day and we are created for a purpose and when we're not achieving that what most research would tell you is that we get actually destructive if we're not achieving in our life we will set without even thinking about it we will set destructive goals that's whether crazy. that's addictions whether that's things we shouldn't be doing whether that's just wasting a bunch of time yeah Doing nothing sometimes is doing something mm-hmm. to some people, you know. So so throughout history, guys, wise men, teachers, philosophers, prophets, they've disagreed with one another on a lot of different things. But there's one point that so many learned, learned people come back to, and that is this, is that the key to success or the key to failure, however you phrase it, is we become what we think about. Yep. I go back, I think I mentioned this in your podcast, Zig Ziglar always goes back to that is where you are. You are exactly where you are today because of what you have put into your mind. That's true. The Bible says from the heart, the mouth speaks from the heart also is filled up from whatever you're thinking about all the time. Yep. You can't have a great heart as it's describing and have a corroded mind or have a super poor attitude. So I think the question for you guys that you really, I mean, one of the things that would serve you well in 2017 is to really answer that simple question. So simple, in fact, we pass by it so many times, which is, what are you thinking about? And I think so many of our society, so many people, it, they're just winging it. I know, yeah. I know I did for a long time before I tapped into a lot of this deep thought, mapping out all the green cards, as you see here on my desk, to keep me organized. I winged it for a terribly long time without even realizing what I was doing. When do you think you hit the point, Jordan, in your life or professional career, or I'm assuming you're, maybe you would say you're not there yet, but you're still working on it. I guess we all are. But when do you think you hit the point where you go, okay, I'm pretty intentional every day when I show up now. And maybe I wasn't a period of time ago. When was that for you? You know, that's a great question. I feel like I've always been pretty focused on what I wanted in life. Even looking back at, you know, being a kid. Even as a baby. Yeah. Even as a little baby. (laughs) Even, you know, even as a a young kid, I wanted to play college baseball so bad. And I was always more driven than my buddies or the neighborhood kids to work hard and and to study the game and to practice. But I think that's kind of become more refined uh, since the baby. You know, it's like, 
uh, a baby, yeah. it, it really renews your focus. You know, it's like you got to get your crap together. Yeah. So I think that's been a, a little bit of added laser focus to my agenda on a daily basis for sure. Yeah. As far as just showing up with intentionality. Yeah, realizing that every moment that I'm wasting is a, is a minute that I could be home with my family. You know? Yep. Well, and it goes back to that ideal calendar you and I talked about last yeah. time, which is, you know, Lee Cockrell. I mean, it's one of my favorite episodes that I've done, guys. I knew going into it, he would have a ton of stuff because I'd read two of his books on time management and just really being intentional about your day. In fact, he's got a time management seminar that's out right now. It costs 297 bucks for you guys to go out there and sign up for Probably be the best 297 bucks you've ever spent. I'm doing it. I'm going to go buy it because I just, I think I could learn, you know, from that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like he came on there talking a lot about time management, time blocking type things. And, uh, and I would just encourage you guys to go do that. It was episode 150. It just came out this past week, but I think we've got to get super intentional. Simply, I've got so much butter on my lips. It's like, <laughs> it's like coming out as I'm talking. Uh, I think we just got to be super intentional about our goals. And he said on there, he said, I believe the quote that I gave him was, you say in your book, people are not overworked. They are just unorganized. And he said, I believe that 150% or something like that, where he said, people just don't understand how much more they could get. They could probably get 50% more done each day just by mapping it out and being organized. Wow. You know, so we're running ourselves ragged by just doing a lot of busy work and not doing a lot of super substantial work. But Earl Nightingale in this book, guys, it's a quick audio listen. I think, uh, I think and it's you, an incredible audio listen yeah, it's because great. it was tracked like in the 30s or the 40s. And it's read in his voice. Oh, or the, so the one good. that I guess some of them you could get that other people are reading, but the one that I had was, was his voice. But I mean, seriously, guys, have you guys ever, I mean, think about it. Have you ever wondered why so many people out there work tremendously hard, as I was just mentioning? But they're always playing from behind. They're trying to catch up. They haven't, they haven't achieved a lot in comparison to the work that they've done. So maybe they've achieved a lot, but you and I probably both know people, and I was this guy for, for quite a while, where you're looking at the amount of work that's going on, muscling it through, as I call it. You're looking at the amount of work going, man, there's got to be a better way. The person's accomplishing some stuff, but wow, man, they work super hard. And I know you guys have all seen that out there before. You know, they just, they're not keeping up. There's not as much bang for the buck as far as the workload to the actual progress. But have you also noticed the people that become successful, whatever that looks like in their trade or their craft or whatever they're going for, many times they just continue to be more successful. Yeah. And eventually at some point, I've noticed this as I've gotten older, it almost seems like the people that are becoming more and more successful aren't working as hard. Now, don't get me wrong. They're still working really hard, but they find a way to get into patterns and rhythms that meet their goals, that meet their organization, uh, the organization that they have to have. And it comes back to the idea, the cliche of working smarter mm -hmm. and not harder. Very first episode we ever did as a Facebook Live was all about working harder and not smarter. And people hear that stuff and they pass it over. And I think it really does come down to what are your goals? What are your priorities each day? And I think some people have goals out there. Some people are intentional about what they show up, you know, to do each day. And some people don't. Uh, some people know where they're going. Some people don't. Just like the idea of a ship without a captain. It's just not going to get to where it needs to be without something guiding it. Yeah, that's so true. One thing that I think is really neat in this book is he talks about there's many laws of the universe that are undisputed. You know, kind of like what you were saying, a whole lot of philosophers disagree on many things. One of the things that philosophers don't really disagree on is the law of you reap what you sow, right? Yep. Same thing with karma. What you put in is what it's you're going to get out. 
It is. <laughs> and so, you know, the thought process is, is your mind, you could liken to a field. And so you could plant poison in the field or you could plant uh, wheat in the field and your mind doesn't care what you plant. Uh, it's going to return whatever it is that is planted, right? right. So we plant wheat, it's going to return wheat in the harvest, right? We plant poison, it's going to return a poison in the harvest. And so we got to see our mind as exactly that. It is a field that we are laying the groundwork for. And we can either, you know, we can lay fruits and vegetables and, and wheat and barley, or we can lay poison in our mind. Yeah. You know, it's, that's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and that makes it real. There's a whole lot of people that go, well, you know, this self-help stuff is garbage, right? Yeah, well, I, that was me for a yeah. while. Like, I literally thought, and I'm I'm going to kind of expose myself here. I mean, I literally thought it was for, like, super weak people. That was the mindset that I was in. I was like, okay, there is a formula. There's many formulas in the financial planning business, especially in our business, as to what a career looks like. 60-plus years worth of data. Uh, in our business goes to say, look, thousands of people have come through this career, 11.5% retention rate from day one to your fifth anniversary. Wow. Okay. Cool thing is, is after you pass your day one of your fifth anniversary, there's a 98% shot that you'll retire as a financial advisor. Kind of some job security there, right? Yeah. So a lot of our advisors that I'm coaching, guys you're working with, they're just grinding it out, just trying to build a career. But I see now I have so much more perspective in the year that in the years of business that I've been in now from from day one. And I just see so many struggles going on that are totally unnecessary. I'm sure I did a lot of that, right? I'm human as well. But you don't see it when you're in it. You don't see the picture when you're in the frame. All you can see is what's right there in front of you. And I just look at these, especially the young ones that don't have any business experience whatsoever. And either they come out and figure it out really quickly, a very small small portion of them, or they don't. But I would say even the ones that figure it out quickly as to how to get on track, they're still working a lot harder and not smarter. Yeah. Yeah. So Earl Nightingale has this checklist for successful living, he calls it. I, the thing I love about this book as well is he makes these, these lists, these checklists, but one of them is a checklist for successful living. And in there, he says that the number one thing that you should have on your checklist for successful living is goals. You have to have a purpose. You have to, again, telos, teleological beings, as the Greeks talked about all the time, where they said you were created for purpose. They even got it back then. You were created for purpose. You were created to go and accomplish certain things. And your soul, your spirit gets restless many times when you are not living out what you were created to do. That's so true. And so number one is you've got to have goals. And I know that sounds so simple and so, you know, stupid, whatever, but at the end of the day, I think we would do ourselves very well to get back to the basics. I've had to do that a few times in my career. Get back to the basics and stop making things so hard. Either I'm stressing out about things I shouldn't be stressed out about, or I'm just finding that there's a month or two of production where I'm working with clients or I'm working through planning with my clients, whatever. And I just kind of step back and take a breath and go, man, my staff is stressed. I'm stressed. There's just a lot going on, which should be a good thing. But why are we like, why is there this unrest in us? And it's because I'm working harder than I should be. And life is very simple. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you That's think exactly about what, what I was going to say, if you think about what we have to do in life in general, just kind of kind of map it out. Right. And I'm not discounting anyone that has like hardships going on in their life, whatever. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying for normal 
people day to day, they're getting up, they're going to accomplish, they're coming back home to love on their family, they're going to bed at the end of the night. Or a single individual that doesn't have a family or kids, hopefully he's getting up, going to a business that he runs, whatever, coming home at the end of the night, whatever, right? If you really think about what we need to do from the time our eyes pop open until the time we crawl back in bed, we would all probably admit these aren't super hard things. They're actually pretty simple, but we get in the way. And most of that is for not having goals. But secondly, on his checklist is attitude. And again, guys, I cannot, I mean, there's not a lot of books out there that I grab on the fly that I've never heard of before. Just read the back of it and go, huh, I think I want this. Power of Attitude was one of those. A couple of weeks ago, I picked it up in the airport uh, whenever I was up in Washington, D.C., and it looked good. And I thought, you know what? I can always use some more references on attitude. And I was I was blown away. It's a quick read. I finished almost all of it on the plane. I skipped a couple of chapters in there that were just kind of getting into it. But I was highlighting. I was underlining. I was like, oh, my gosh. Some of it was spiritual in there. Some of it was just practical, everyday, common sense. And I encourage you guys to go out there and, and get it. And I'm so sorry I'm blanking on the name of the author here. I'll link it up in show notes. But number two is attitude for Earl Nightingale. So goals for Checklist for Successful Living, goals, attitude. And then number three is think time. Yeah. And not, not enough of us are spending time to think. And you think know, time seems counterintuitive. It's like, well, I need to produce, I need to produce, I need to produce. I can't spend an hour out of my day and just not do anything. Yeah. Right? It seems counterintuitive. Well, I think but you mentioned not. last time about working in the working on the business, not just in the business. Yep. I'm realizing as a as a business professional or even as a dad, just with duties and responsibilities, things I have to get done, some of the most impactful things out there are things that seem super counterintuitive. And for smart, well seeming, educated people, many times we get in our own way when it comes to that stuff because it's like, well, I can't, you know, meditation. I'm not gonna spend fifteen minutes sitting and breathing and just getting my mind right, focusing on the things, affirmations, whatever I need to focus on. Why? Because you can't really see the needle move immediately whenever you do that. Yeah. Same idea with think time. I really should probably spend some think time. Everybody tells me I should. It would probably be great, but I'm really behind in my business right now. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Sleep. I really should stay in the bed longer. Gosh, I got so much I've got to do, though. I'll just fight through it. And then you just run yourself down after the course of a year, right? It's almost like going on a run as well. How many times have you felt horrible about the fact that you chose to go out for a run versus sitting on the couch? Yeah. It's like it kind of stinks to think about it in the moment. You force yourself to go do it. And you're like, man, I've never regretted the times that I actually got up off the couch and went and did it. Yep. But I've certainly regretted a lot of times that, that I didn't. That I didn't. Yeah. That's so true. You unquote that on your social media, if you'd like. <laughs> I'm sure I got that from somewhere. Who knows? But it's true. Um, it, it's it is. a Nike slogan, the back yeah. of a shirt tomorrow. <laughs> It's a cause and effect that many times feels like less important in the moment. And then when you get a little bit run down or you're not meeting your goals or you haven't done think time in a while, you're reminded that, hey, those things are important and you should have been doing them. Yeah. So no time's better to start today. What'd they say? Best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Next best time is today. Yeah. You guys can quote that on your social media. <laughs> so what, I mean, what else did you pick up, I guess, from the book as far as, I mean, all these things are super important, right? But checklist for success, think time, ship without a captain, planning, whatever you plant in your mind, you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we reap, we're going to sow. What were some other things that really stood out to you? I know you mentioned some others on one of our last podcasts. Thinking through, I think it, one thing that I mentioned last time is there's some recap notes on uh, the second chapter of the audiobook, And so you guys can download the audiobook probably a 30 minute listen. 
Didn't you say you were going to buy everyone a copy? Did I say that? Oh, I thought that's what you said when we came on here. Um, So there's there's kind of some recap notes, and I thought one thing that was interesting is when they produced the audio and sent it out, they thought that all of the people that needed this information were the people that were run down and the people that were not focused and the people that were not successful. And what they found is those people didn't gravitate to it and they really didn't adopt any of the practices that the book had. So even if they read it, uh, they really didn't take it to heart. The people that really took it to heart were the people that were already successful um, and that brought their business to the next level or brought their production to the next level. And I think it's that goes to show that there's so much to, you know, one, uh, being coachable, being teachable, being adaptable, but also to being the type of person that is willing to redirect the ship. And so a lot of times uh, we do goal planning at the beginning of the year and then we just forget to do goal planning ever again. Right. It's <laughs> yes. like I'm going to set my goals and so then dumb. about this time of the month, we've kind of lost track. Yep. And well, I think I think I guess maybe I'll wait till next year. You get a little behind in your goals. I've always said this. You get a little bit behind in your goals. You look up January, halfway through February, and you go, "Man, I'm so far off of where I thought I would be." Let's just punt. Yeah. I'll just I'll do my best and hopefully get somewhere by December. For sure. But why why are you so off? And many times it's because, especially with people that I'm coaching, many times it's because they set up unrealistic expectations of what they wanted to do, not what was realistic. Yep. They set a goal that was far out there that would have been great, but they didn't set a commitment. Yep. You got to have both. I think you have to have goals and commitments. Yeah. So the goal would be the stretch. I'd really like to do this. My commitment is I'm definitely at least going to do this. Right. And, and the commitment needs to be a stretch as well, right? It, it needs yeah, to be needs something to, that pushes you. you need, it needs to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's not... Not unattainable. It's what you should be able to do by looking at what you've done by just showing up and then giving it however much more effort you yeah. think. But then your goal, yeah, you're right. It's a stretch. Yeah. And I think it's important to redirect the ship. You know, it's important to say, okay, it's February 15th, 16th, and we're really far behind on goal X or goal Y, but let's make sure that we're repositioning and we're retargeting um, and so that we're not going to completely miss all of what we set out to do. Yep. You know, especially this time when people are probably getting a little hungover from the things that they committed to, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I see it all the time. It's such great an- anticipation coming out of the gates of the new year. Call it New Year's resolutions, call it whatever you want. I think the the year is nothing more than just something that man made on a calendar, right? I mean, it does have to do with the sun and <laughs> our rotation around the sun. So it's not just, you know, it's not just false. But I mean, I'm just saying that whole idea of January, February, March, you know, our months, and then it rolls over to another year. I mean, that's all created by men that wanted to organize how the days and nights were, you know, all that. But to us, you know, I think some people look at it and go, hey, you know, New Year's resolutions, you know, whatever. I used to kind of be that guy that was like, New Year's resolutions are whatever. To me, it's just another day. I've come to learn that it is a good reset point. Yeah. Like if we never stop to reset, it goes back to think time, right? If we never stop to reset, we just never think about this stuff, right? So January has now become to me, not from a New Year's resolution standpoint, but more just, hey, it's a great time to reset. Let's really take a step back and look at all this stuff. No- normally for me, that's in a deer stand over the holidays when I've got probably ESPN football game on or something, which is not really hunting, but, but it's a great time to revisit everything. You get out of the gate, you're so excited. And then, yeah, right about this time, or a lot of times it's right after the first quarter, you're like, man, I'm 25% of the way through the year, but I am so far off my goals. And what I would have to do now to make that up over the next three months 
There's no purpose there. No, They're not yeah. holding on to what they should be doing or that would keep them driving. So we've got to be about action and we've got to stop worrying about all the other little small things that are getting in our way, the distractions. Our attitude has to be great. We've got to spend much time and think time and we have to have clearly aligned goals and commitments. Uh, I wrote down a quote from Dale Carnegie. So Dale Carnegie, uh, he's got a couple of great books out there, How to Win Friends and Influence People. But there's a book he also has, if you guys have read it, called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, which mm. is, I think that's an awesome title. Just stop worrying and start living, which is easier said than done. But I love the quote. He's talking about George Bernard Shaw in there. So these two iconic guys, if you go back in history and look at their stories. Uh, but he says in this book, he says, George Bernard Shaw was right. He summed it all up when he said, the secret of being miserable so we're talking about being miserable here. The yep. secret of being miserable is to have the leisure to bother about whether you're happy or not. In other words, in order to have enough time on your hands, just to kind of sit around and go, am I happy? What? Hmm. You know, nobody thinks about that when they're in the middle of deep work that's super fulfilling and they're achieving a purpose. So, the, you know, the secret of being miserable is to have the leisure to bother about whether you're happy or not. So don't bother to think about it. Spit on your hands and get busy. I love how these old guys talk, right? <laughs> Spit on your hands and get busy. Your blood will start circulating. Your mind will start ticking. And pretty soon, this whole positive upsurge of life in your body will drive worry from your mind. Get busy. He says again, keep busy. It's the cheapest kind of medicine there is on this earth and one of the best. That's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, I would love to write like that. I'm not a writer by any means. My wife probably could. But, you know, it's it's really that whole idea of... You know, he's talking more about just the key to being miserable is finding yourself in a position where you just have enough time on your hands to sit around worrying about your feelings and thoughts and am I fulfilling what I need to? And you probably wouldn't be in that position if you were hard charging towards something that you were clearly defining at the end of one year and moving into the next. And even if you found yourself 25% of the way through the year and you were way behind on your goals, that passion is going to keep you going. It's your big why, right? Like we talked about yeah. last time. And then you use your motivation, as we mentioned, to keep moving forward on that. But, you know, spit on your hands, get to work, stay busy, keep busy. Your blood will start circulating. And then all of a sudden you'll have this energy and this upsurge. upsurge. So the whole idea there, guys, is just just get busy. Yeah. Get busy on accomplishing the next thing. Because if you sit around and worry about it, I tell my advisors all the time, there's too much at stake. If you sit around and worry about the things you've missed out on in business, or how someone treated you on the phone, or things that didn't go your way, not only are you allowing that to sabotage where you're trying to go, but you're also probably creating some bad habits and uh, lack of confidence yeah. as well. So we've just got to get busy and uh, and get moving on the things that we're trying to do. Yeah, that's awesome. One thing I thought was neat in the book, he talks about how it's one of the reasons why a lot of times we don't protect our mind is because we don't appreciate things that come to us for free. And he says, the best things in life came to us for free. He said, our love of family, he says, our mind, our body, you know, those things intrinsically came to us for free, but we don't appreciate it because we didn't pay for it. And he says, all the things that we spend money on, we appreciate, but really they're not worth anything. They're replaceable, right? We buy yeah. stuff, but stuff is replaceable. The things that we should be really appreciating are the things that are God-given, um, and it's so tough, especially in America, where we buy Apple Watches or we're told that we need the new computer or we're told that we need the new car or the big house or whatever it is. But uh, Apple Watches really are, imp I mean, they are I, important. They're I very like important. I, I do, too. <laughs> it's, it's the best $400 iPhone finder 
that I've ever <laughs> purchased. People ask me all the time, they're like, hey, my wife's thinking about getting an Apple Watch. What do you use your, yours for mostly? And I'm like, well, uh, number one, a watch. Number two, or maybe 1A is an iPhone finder. And they're like, oh. <laughs> it's like they don't know what to do with that information. So I do no. that sometimes. And, and my wife's little brother is always like, you just did that to show off. <laughs> <laughs> now, I lose my iPhone probably, you know, 20 times a day. And so it's very, I mean, there's times I know I would not have found it if I didn't have my Apple Watch. So you That's could argue so it was funny. a great investment because I would have spent more on iPhones now than I did on my Apple Watch. So everybody go out and buy one. You should get one. Sorry, I totally derailed us there. No, but the point is... I digress. The point is we value things that are replaceable. When we don't necessarily value the things that we should be valuing, which is you know time with our family, you know the, the brain and the mind that we were given. So much happens between our ears. You know? yeah, what so they say really on the uh, minimalist uh, documentary that I mentioned that I watch where it's, you know, we have now... We're all relational beings from the time we're born. You don't have to teach somebody that. We're created by God to be relational beings. And we have now replaced many of those relationships with things or with stuff. And what is the relationship with our stuff? If you really look at it, it's a dumb iPad or whatever. Mm -hmm. By the way, we unplugged our our TV on Sunday night. How's that going? It's going amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going amazing. How are the I tried, girls doing with it? I'd love to say I try not to be that dad that comes in and, and throws a, a a cartoon on or something for my kids. I know it's rotting their brain. I know I'm not being a great dad whenever I do that. And I know that. Like, there's not many things that I know with absolute certainty that I still fall into nowadays in my life from, from big level things, right? Yeah. That's one of them I've struggled with. Because whenever I get home at the end of the day, it's the first time I've actually been able to pause many times and there's probably some dads out there that do great with that. You're crazy running busy all day long and you get home and you're playing with your kids. And I spent a lot of time with my kids in the evening, but I'd gotten into the habit probably over the last couple of months where I was like, man, I don't care. I'm putting on at least for the next 20 minutes, I'm putting something on. And it got to the point where I could tell they relied on that. I'd walk mm-hmm. in and they're like, what are we going to watch? And I was like, oh, this isn't good. Yep. So I went and did it. I pulled the plug. So we haven't had TV in our home uh, on for uh, since Sunday. And it's just been awesome. We're so reading, what do the girls do? Yeah. Well, we're reading, they're coloring. That's cool. You know, what I have to be careful of too, and, and I've been good about this so far, is not not going to my iPad or going to my mm-hmm. phone or what, like I try to put it down now whenever I come in. I was never a guy that brought a lot of work home and just spent a lot of time on emails and things like that. But I would get, you know, I would browse, I would do certain things. And now I just try to keep screens out of face. I've heard a lot about uh, Brian Johnson talks about a digital sunset out there where when the sun goes down or at a certain time, if it's daylight savings time and it goes down later, technology's off and it doesn't get picked up until the next day. Wow, that's you know, Unless cool. there's an emergency phone call or something. So when I was uh, eight years old, my dad literally took a rock and put it through our television. <laughs> and really? Yeah. And I think, you because know, because it's something LSU did or yeah, probably uh, so. Yeah, I <laughs> Um, I see those videos of college football teams losing, <laughs> people literally just punching the TV, and then they just stand there looking at it, and I'm like, no, oh, that's hilarious. No, and I think we were raised, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of video game consoles and things. I think we were raised well, you know, we were always pushed outside, and there's a, you know, I think there's a ton of value in that, but to, in today's world, it's tough to raise kids that way, you know? Yeah. Not that it wasn't back then, but it's it's a lot more tough. Yeah. You know? So I commend you. I, I just had Greg McEwen on my podcast who wrote the book Essentialism. And I'm so excited to get that podcast out to you guys because he talked about, and right at such a good time of whenever I'm going through a lot of this, he talked about his family and what they do. You know, saying a lot of reading and journaling in the morning, a lot of it's around scripture. 
at night, his wife reads to the kids and it's not just like reading whatever, it's the classics. It's, it's all the old school, Charles Dickens, you know, all those sort of things. And he encouraged people, he said, right, once you need, everybody needs to get back to journaling, which goes back to that think time, right? Get back to journaling. And he said, so many guys especially don't do that because they think it's for women or, you know, whatever, or they just think that's not going to move the needle. I need to move on to other things. But he encouraged, uh, you'll hear it in the podcast. He encouraged us to uh, write down one sentence a day, no matter how silly or waste of time you think it is, write down one sentence that is impactful for you on that day. And he took it a step further. He said, do that for a long time. Like, I don't know. I can't remember the the time frame. I think he said like six months Mm. and then write down two sentences. Because what people do is they dive into something good and they go overboard with it. Yeah. The next day they can't find that much time to do it again, or they get behind, and then they're just trying to play catch up, and then they do what they ditch it. Yep, right. That's Same idea truth. with set, you know, establishing goals, think time, all of that. You may do it a couple of times, or you may focus on it a little bit, and then you ditch it because it's too much, too much. I want to dive into the last few minutes here as we get ready to wrap up the podcast. Just the whole idea of attitude, Jordan. I'm going to ask a favor of you. I know right over there under that stack of books, there's a blue book, maybe in the very back stack over there that just is, says the power of attitude on it. Yeah, just pick them up like that. You can find it real quick. Just glance. If you don't find it real fast, it's not in that stack. Just go to another one. Should be right in there. I hope. Hopefully I hadn't lost it. But guys, I want to talk about this attitude uh, idea. And Earl Nightingale in this book basically says, just like a horse picks up on a rider's attitude, which is just like an aura around <laughs> them, there are going to be people around us that pick up on our attitudes, even if we're trying to mask them. Yeah. So if you think about that, a horse and a rider, the horse can pick up on the rider's attitude. If he's tight, if he's tense, uh, I'm no expert in horse riding, right? But I have heard that before. Why do so many people practice different things with horse riding? You think you're just getting the saddle and ride, but no, I've heard that many times that the horse can pick up on what the rider's feeling. Same way with us. Our attitudes are going to be picked up by people. And most people, I think, get up with, most people might hear that and go, well, I have, a, I have a pretty good attitude each day. What Earl Nightingale tells you is many people out there wake up with just a neutral attitude, mm. which is still not good. Yeah. He says you either have a great attitude each day and you work to set that in, even when things are going rough and you work at it, sometimes maybe even faking it till you make it type thing. Or you wake up on this side of the spectrum, which is neutral or bad attitude. Because what he says is a neutral attitude you wake up with a neutral attitude and you intend for it to get good during the day, we all know how that story goes, yeah. right? Most people are going to either look to others to brighten up their day, mm-hmm. or they're going to try to just let circumstances get them in a better mood if they wake up neutral. But that puts everyone else in control of your attitude or all the circumstances in control of your attitude. And circumstances never hardly go the way you want them to. No, not at all. So I would tell you guys, I had Jordan grab the book. Here it is. Stan Toller. Uh, Stan Toller, The Power of your attitude. For those of you on Facebook Live, I mean, I don't know if you can see, but like almost every page in this thing is just so marked up in here. And I would encourage you guys, it looks like this, Power of Attitude. It was awesome. Seven choices for a happy and successful life. And it's not just fluff. I can tell you that. It's not, you know, you read that. Seven choices for a happy and successful life. The power of your attitude. Pass. (laughs) You know, I'm going to move on to something else. I'm telling you guys, it's not just fluff. This is an awesome, awesome book. And I'd love you guys to get a I'll try to get Stan on the podcast. That'd be awesome. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know if he's still alive. Hopefully, hopefully Stan is still alive. <laughs> I can get him on the podcast. But it was just a super great book. Uh, but I would just ask you guys just to do a check on your attitude and think about that. Are you the type that's walking around each day saying, you know, same crap, different day? Or when, you know, think about the questions people ask. How's your day been? How's your week going? What's going on? What's happening? 
What's your typical answer? Oh, good. Oh, same junk, different day. I mean, we're sabotaging ourselves each day. And so if we look at the success list by Earl Nightingale, it's goals, it's attitude. And I don't think these are in any particular order. I think they're all just, they're all just as important. Goals, attitude, think time. And then he talks also about just being successful through the law of laws, which I love the way he phrases that. It's the law of laws, which is just this cause and effect. Yeah. Everything we do toward those three things is going to have a massive cause and effect on our life. And either we'll be heading down the right path or not. Yeah, that's true. Well, guys, uh, if you'd like to connect with us, as always, send us an email, info at success101podcast.com. And if you want to check us out on social media, the Duke of Earls on Instagram and success101podcast on Instagram. You can also catch us on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, keep sending in your comments. It's been awesome just to see how much you guys have responded to the live episode. Uh, And we're just going to keep throwing out great content for you guys. If there's anything you want to hear about specifically, any book that you want us to go through or any document out there, any just concept out there that you feel like could help take our listeners to more peak performance, we are always open for that. Shoot us uh, some ideas either on my website in the contact form or again, info at success101podcast.com. My team and I read all of those that come through. So your email will be read and we'll get back to you as quickly as we can, but don't think it's just going to fall off into a black hole somewhere. Uh, We'll be there. So he's Jordan Earls. I'm Jared Warren. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Go out and have an awesome week and do yourself a favor. Get the copy of The Strangest Secret, Earl Nightingale and Attitude is a Choice by Stan Toller, and you'll do yourself a big favor. Thanks, guys. That's it. Thanks. Thanks.